0: Welcome to another episode of Teutonic Takes. I'm here with a really good friend of mine. What's up, Saz? How you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Well, I mean, after the game, I'm not doing well. (laughs) Before that, I was doing well. How about you?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you. And I'm actually here with Leo, too. Leo, say hi. Hi, Leo. Me and Saz were talking before this podcast, and uh, he he just started screaming like, hey, I want to be a part of it, too. So uh, (laughs) we have him here. Yeah, but I mean, to be honest, the game was at 4.30 in the morning, and this is probably how all you guys are feeling right now. Maybe you should have skipped it. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I did skip it. So, so I'm here doing this podcast. Um, kind of bare, I guess, bare bones. But I wanted to talk a little bit more about what's going on in the future, right? I want to see what's, oh, what's going on and what's going to happen in the couple of years or months. Saz, what is your opinion on the game? Um, everybody, go ahead and say bye to Leo. His mommy's going to take him.
1: <laughs> I think uh, I think today was... Uh, I, I saw your tweet about another nail in the coffin. I think the appropriate name for the podcast is the final nail in the coffin. Yeah, that's true. I think, that was Ivan, actually. I think, Ivan. All, I think all the fans are feeling that yeah. because you officially know the fans have given up on the season when every sentence is beginning with, this will be great next season. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, like you don't see Seattle talking about next season. You don't see Sporting talking about next season. All right? We're okay. talking about next season. Uh, the game, I mean, we get scored on immediately, mm. and then it takes eight minutes and 36 seconds to get our first attack, and it was just, I mean, it, it it's like, it's like a circle we go through as Quakes fans mm. of like, oh, we have this, we don't start off games well, oh, we don't finish games well, right? <laughs> oh, we don't do this, oh, it's all together, two games later, never mind, <laughs> like, right. and we're just, it, it was frustrating, I mean, the goal... There's one or two plays where our left side, like, midfield is kind of exposed, mm. and then they abuse it, and then we just don't make any adjustments, and they score off it. I mean, I, I could go on a rant of, like, everything that didn't work today. I mean, just Yule and Judson, they just weren't working well together. Yeah. I just I – don't, I don't feel like it was – it became a one-man show defensively with Judson trying to stay a little bit more back. Mm. Yule would push up. One of them gets beat. The other covers, and now we have two people missing. Mm. Alanis is too slow in the four-back formation. He just gets beat, especially when you have pacey players in LAFC. Right. Um, I feel like a lot of people, I haven't looked at Twitter, are going to blame Almeida. Mm, yeah, they have, they have been. Um, yeah, and it's tough because I, I feel when I saw the lineup and I saw we're starting with a four-back, yeah. I, I was mad because I think three-back, and we the last couple games against LAFC we played three-back, I think three-back was the way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you look at our, like, and like we went into it in the second half, and we scored a goal, and then we were doing quite well. But I think the problem was we just didn't have the players for it. Like, if we started the game with Judson at center back or someone else at center back, and it didn't go well, everyone would have been looking at Almeida being like, why is our midfielder playing center back, this, out, the other? Right, so right. I feel like he was kind of caught in a like catch-22. And I think it was a game or two ago, he even kind of like threw some shade at either some of the players, or I'm assuming it was the staff, where he was like, Look, I, I'm asking for certain things, and I'm just not receiving it. Like, yeah, I made a actually
0: this last game um, or this this last press conference went ahead and told everybody like, hey, this is a team that went ahead and and, and got the players that they needed. Um, this is a team fighting for every single moment because they know that they're gonna go ahead and try to be in the playoffs. But unfortunately, the Quakes are starting a guy like Shea Salinas. I know we all love Shea, but if we want to compete in this new MLS, that is, I mean. No way, we should be starting chase Salinas. Maybe, maybe a you know sub coming in to fill in a gap when you need it. Yeah, someone to go ahead and play left mid, right back, left back, right mid. You know, you put him in there. But he has unfortunately, he should not be playing this game. It should be Cade Cal. I mean, it's a little bit weird to not see Cade Cal be starting right now, especially since we kind of need him to grow into something next year. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't watch the game, but I did watch the highlights, and it seems like. I mean, on the first goal, Danny Masovski goes goes ahead and slots it in, but it was a great backheel by uh, Chicho, and it looks like Judson was just not expecting the type of quality from a backheel, right? He was he was he kind of overran it, thinking that Chicho didn't shoot, he was going to come back on his, I think on his left and kind of do a cross, but no, he just did a backheel. It's and then, and that's the quality that these Quakes players they should be expecting from uh, teams like LAFC, and they just unfortunately did not. They did not expect it. And then Daniel Zmusovsky was just open for an easy goal. Um, so definitely, unfortunate, we were the underdogs in this game, even though that we won, I think, the last three from LAFC. So, I mean, even Vegas knew like, hey, this this is writing on the wall. I mean, this Quakes team really has an 8% chance to make the playoffs before this game. So before, now, it's like, it's not even possible. So this is definitely the final nail in the coffin from even like a Cinderella kind of, you know, last-minute Hail Mary. So, uh it's been a roller coaster ride this this whole season for me, like you said earlier it's just been you know ups and downs ups and downs but I'm actually a little relieved that it's coming to an end because it's it's been a crazy <laughs> ride um uh it's been i don't know like if this team made the playoffs would they even have a chance because it's just we've never been hundred percent full strength it's either suspensions or or it's injury it's it's either um Oh, international breaks, we lose Marcos Lopez or Jackson Ewell, right? So it's like this team is just never 100% for a, a four or five games in a row because it's always someone's on a yellow card accumulation, someone's on a red card, someone's at a, you know international break, or someone's not you know fit. So it's just something to think about. Saz, what do you think about the season as a whole? Um, are you excited for it to be over kind of thing? Um, what are you looking forward to in this next couple of months? I know the Giants just lost. Um, and a heartbreaker, sure. my goodness, T- talk about baseball just needs to adapt to the times.
1: Yeah, for real. Oh, I'll, yeah, one point I also wanted to make earlier. God, I, like, I've talked about multiple times, especially on this podcast, how much I hate LAFC, that like and how unoriginal they are and mm. just how fake they are. These guys were stealing our chance at the beginning of the game. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Just Dale, 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 L A F C. It doesn't even flow. Like anyone who's been to a crazy game. Dale, 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 San Jose. Like, oh that that pissed me off, <laughs> but anyways, uh But as far as the yeah. season, I, I feel uh I said to Ivan or Ivan, however he likes to yeah. <laughs> um I think I mean, as a Quakes fan, like, you can say whatever you want. As a Quakes player, you probably say whatever you want. But realistically, you probably know where you're ending up on the table. Right. But I I feel that August to September stretch, Mm. that that was really – like, we're saying this was the final nail in the coffin. But I feel like that was kind of really it because we went on that big streak of games where we were having a game average every, like, five days or six days. But realistically, it was, like, every three days and then a little four-day break and then three days. And – we went on that undefeated streak, and that's after we had a bunch of losses. But that undefeated streak included a lot of ties. Yeah. And after going through that hell of a schedule and all the injuries and players were just starting to feel good, we're still, like, three spots out of playoffs. Mm. So I feel like all the players like, we just did all of that, and we're still not even in playoffs. <laughs> like, right. So I feel like that kind of drained everyone. The uh, The season as a whole, it, I think there's some underlying issues. Like, you can even hear it in the press conferences. Like, with Wando, he's like, I don't want to leave the team till I lift a trophy, and then I think he got like a champagne bottle for like most away goals or something, mm. and he made a speech. He's like, I'm going to drink this once we're champions, and then everyone starts cheering, and then like you hear him under his breath in the quakes, we he'll be like, or if we make playoffs, and then everyone starts to like giggle a little bit like, yeah. <laughs> like, So I think, I don't know, I think it, it it's, we're drained, and this is where everyone's going to be like, oh, we need a new system, we need a new coach, mm. but it goes back to your point. Of, we have injuries. We have this right. as part of professional sports. Right. Staying healthy is a great attribute. I said it last time I was on your guys' podcast. Mm-hmm. Gareth Barry, James Milner, right. not flashy, not super fast, reliable, and that's why they've played a million games. Right? Um, yeah, James Milner today actually having, yeah. like
0: yeah he had this like what 386 game in prem today. So yeah, we were watching. I was watching the Liverpool yeah. game, so I was like James yeah. Milner, perfect.
1: Yeah, and then like having depth, it's like <laughs> when we're down a goal, and I see Almeida making five subs, which I love, but then I see the quality of the subs coming mm. on, and then like who's coming off, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> like we just we just don't have it. It's it's not there. Mm. I I like it's not like a, oh we need to buy we need to sell. It's just something needs to. Be changed. Something needs to be rejuvenated. I clearly don't have the answers, and the Quakes really clearly don't have the answers.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, I kind of want to make a judgment on the transfers that we need to make. I feel like we need to make the the uh, Kellen Rowe transfers, the Diego Fagundes transfers. We need those guys that kind of they did well in MLS, but they want a new change of scenery, um, or that like uh, Nicholas Mesquita, uh, Uruguayan player out of Colorado, like those type of players. We need the MLS veterans because. I have a feeling that when these guys came into MLS, I know I don't want to talk too much about their personal lives, but it seems like Carlos Fierro was kind of just always in the mindset that, hey, like, maybe I'm going to, you know, take it easy, I feel like, and have a kid, you know, not take it too seriously out here. Maybe have a good time um, and give it my all during game days. But there's just times where, you know, he was just completely ineffective and it didn't seem like we got even half of the player that was playing in mexico so i think a lot of it has to do with a lot of these players coming out here and maybe just thinking it's you know it's a breeze and then when they come out here it's not a breeze
1: vacation yeah
0: (laughs) and then you know so that's why i think the international transfers was kind of a a bit of a failure in my opinion during this almeida era yeah we got trophies lopez but he had something to prove a player like you know carlos fierro and Rios. Yes, they're giving their all on game days, but maybe they don't have anything to prove, right? So they already have a career. And
1: also, they are they know they're coming back because of the coach. They know they right. weren't sought out by other people. Like, oh, this coach likes me. I'm going to play. Yeah. And when they're having bad performance after bad performance and coach is still playing them, that's not really motivating them. Mm. Yeah,
0: and, and I I actually do want to see Matias Almeida stay next year, but I do want to see a, a new facelift on this whole team, right? Because a lot of contracts are going to be ending. Like, oh, Alanis. Thank you for your time, but unfortunately, you're just a little too slow now. And yeah. for this type of system, it, it, yes, he's a little too slow. If For a regular type of system, I mean, maybe like a you know, Real Salt Lake or something like that, he could be a help, no problem. He could be the first center back off the bench, but he's making a little too much money for, for the San Jose Earthquakes to spend in that direction. Um, the Carlos Fierro, unfortunately, it, it was a good thought, but it just didn't work out, right? I... I don't even think anybody in MLS can take him. Right. Even, even if he signed a cheaper deal, but he just, just not, not effective in any sort of matter. And same with Andy Rios, right? Like I was, I was hoping for an Andy Rios resurgence this whole year, but I don't even think he scored this year. So it's like, I, I just don't know where to go with this team. I think they should completely just revamp everything. Um, just play all the young players the rest of these games. Like, just play Kcal, play Ibobesi so he can get his feet wet, play Chofis Lopez so he can reach that Carlos Vela, you know, historic milestone of Mexican players incoming. But, but besides that, just, I mean, play Jacob Condridge with oh, yeah. Nathan. What do we have to lose, right? So, um I, next year, unless I see a big transfer coming in, like a Chicho type of transfer, or like a, even Giovinco going back to Toronto type of transfer, yeah, like I, I unfortunately don't see the Quakes making the playoffs next year because there's seven teams that make it now and not eight anymore. So it's just there needs to be some big changes. That GM role needs to be filled as soon as possible. I don't know what they're what's taking so long, um, but. I mean, I think, they, I think they're trying to find someone to kind of work with Almeida because I think at the end of the day, if they were just trying to get rid of Almeida, they would go ahead and just hire anybody that they feel like is fit for the job. But I think they're trying to find someone that's willing to keep Almeida and take the GM job, which is harder to find. And that would make sense why it's taken forever to find someone. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think the writing's on the wall that Almeida is the only reason why this team gets coverage. I mean, and yeah. if you're the owner that's saving you right you don't have to pay attention to this team if you have a a coach that's getting views for you and and is like a sought after coach make creating rumors for you i mean even if it's a bad rumor saying that he's leaving to go coach the chilean national team it's still creating buzz for you so everybody's still knowing about the san jose earthquakes um but yeah i it it looks bleak but what what are some things that you have you have to look forward to says in this next upcoming five games and what are you looking forward to next year
1: I think you bring up some great points. Uh, the only thing I, I'll put a little pushback on what you said mm. was kind of like the clean house statement. Mm. Um, I, I agree to a certain extent. Um, I'll start with I agree that we should keep Almeida, mm. but I think they need to have – sit down and make a three-year plan. I, I was originally going to say five, mm. but he's already had – make a three-year plan and be like, look, we have these young players, mm. and we brought in these guys for you. Let's develop them. Let's develop a system and see how it goes and, like, build progress. I agree with what you say about Fierro and Rios yeah. kind of being it's vacation. Ship them off. And the Quakes player of the year is going to be Chofis because of his, all his accolades. Right. This, that, and the other. But I think if you really sit down and look at the games, Mr. Reliable for us this season was Eric Ramady. Yeah, yeah. I like, every game. I don't. I can't remember a single game where I looked at him like Romedi stunk it up today. Yeah. Maybe one or two, but every like most fouled player in MLS. So I think when it comes to transfers, and if we're look, I think we need to clean house with the players that are looking at it like vacation or just aren't offering us stuff. Ship them out, make some rash decisions, and find guys like Eric Romedi who have proved themselves in the league. Right, right, right. Because like every other league, you don't know like. Fierro and Rios, light it up in Liga Mechis. Come here. Stink up the gaff. The crazy (laughs)
0: thing about Andy Rios is that he was lighting it up in in the Brazilian League. And that's that's a good league, right? That's a league where you got players like uh, Vinicius, you know, playing for Real Madrid, just Mm -hmm. lighting it up too. So... I don't know, it just didn't, from the start, Andy Rios just didn't look like the correct striker we needed. At the time, we needed a nine. We needed a Jeremy Bobasi, and they bought Andy Rios, which was not a Jeremy Bobasi. He was more like a Wando-esque type of player, and it's like, dude, we already have a Wando. So that yeah. was just like a really, really bad transfer coming in. Um, looking back, thank you for your time at the bubble and the, you know, the MLS is back, but it just didn't work out, unfortunately. And I was the biggest Andy Rios fan, but I was like... Yeah. It was just like, you know, how many times can I defend this guy? And and you have to go ahead and put in a goal. But, again, it, and then they made him play the 10-roll. It didn't work out. And then Chofis Lopez came in. So Magnus Eriksson, actually, it might be one of the best transfers the Quakes had in the last five years. So And to get a transfer fee on his way out is even better. So it's just like... Yeah. Um, That type of work, I I actually think Eric Remedy is a perfect example of something we need to go after. Because if we're not going to be ambitious in signing these crazy DPs, well, the reason why we got Eric Remedy is because Atlanta United did sign a crazy DP in in Santiago Sosa. And Santiago Sosa was actually the same position that Eric Remedy played. So we got a cheap Mm -hmm. deal because they were bringing in another guy that was some sort of DP player. And we took up the backup. And the backup's, like you said, the most fouled player in MLS. So he still had some quality to him. Um, but, and I think he's up there with the most traveled distance too. So, um, mm-hmm. there is quality in these guys that get outplaced by the, you know, the, the, I, I hate to say it, but they're the super clubs of MLS, right? They're going to bring in their guys. And if we are going to play young guys, my, my whole thing about that is if we're going to play young guys that we need a Raul Ruiz Diaz type of player where he just carries, you know, 10, 17 year olds to, to win a game, Right. We need yeah. that type of player, and we just don't have that quality superstar to go ahead and carry the young guys. And we, that, we either need that, and we've been asking for that for years as Quakes fans, right? Like, all right, let's go ahead and get, you know, let's go get an Ibrahimovic, or let's go ahead and get a, you know, Wesley Snyder. I remember that was, that was a name that was thrown around, like, hey, that would be a good, you know, transfer to bring in. Or even just, like, now looking at the the upcoming, like, in, 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 in Toronto, you, you hear the news about Toronto? they just signed Giovinco. they have Soldeldo already, and they're looking at bringing an Insignia. Like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, yeah. this Toronto team, and they have Pozuelo, like, an M- a former MLS MVP, like, so now with already two former MLS MVPs on their team, they're looking to sign probably the best DP in the league, Insignia, if they do sign him. So, it's just, these teams are so ambitious compared to what the Quakes are, and it's just, it's it's heartbreaking, because it's the Bay Area doesn't deserve this type of team, and and I hate to say it, if it stays like this, the Bay Area might lose the Quakes a second time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I uh, yeah, I mean the way they promote the Oakland Roots too, you might there might be something going on behind the scenes that they're already trying. But I I actually, and this might come as far, I don't want a DP right now. I don't mm. want one of those big name players right now, and I don't want one for like at least five years. Really, I really, I yeah, I I want us to invest in some dogs and some young talent mm. as well. Mm. I want more Remedies. I want more Jutsons. I think you have to be realistic with our... I think the Quakes as a whole, like the staff, need to look at the results that we got through the year, maybe even the last two years, and then really look at them and be like, okay, the results aren't telling the tale of this game, and go through each game. That seven-game streak where we went, like, scoring games scored on zero times or one time... Really look back at it and see why the defense was working for us. Look, Mm. was it because of our formation? Or were they still getting 14 shots off a game and it just wasn't going? Or JT was having big games or just luck was going our way? Look when we were scoring four or five goals a game. Mm. Was it because we were going all out and the team couldn't handle it? Look where things were looking right. Yeah. And yes, you're going to have spells where this or that happens. But I think you need to really sit down and look at these pieces and see why this worked well for us, why this didn't. And then you need to realize we just, like you said, we don't have those Giovinco's. We don't have that, and realistically, we're not going to get that. We're not going to have some European star be like, "All right, I want to retire." When you have Miami, New York, and L.A. on the table, you're not going to be looking at Silicon Valley. Actually, if but, you want to be an investor, but,
0: but that's so that's not completely true, because mm-hmm. if you are done with being famous, if you're done with going ahead and being the center of attention everywhere you go. What's the better place to live in the United States than the Bay Area? Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's calm, quiet. You can build a family. You can really live a normal life, just like Matias Almeida, right? And and you could still be playing soccer and getting paid a boatload of money. Um, like, I'm looking at the free transfers of next year. Like, let's put on our FIFA tinfoil hats right now, all right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're telling me a player like, even, this is not even the top 10, right? But a player like, um, Origi or I, I'm, I'm butchering the name um, uh, from Liverpool I how I say it wrong. Uh, Divock Origi can, cannot yeah. go ahead and help this team. Of course they can. And that's a player that maybe we could bring on like a like a two million dollar deal just like a Rui Diaz. Like it's not going to be a crazy amount of money, but it's still going to be a, a nice sizable DP. Um, but look, I'm looking at this list right now. There's actually a, a name that I really love and I love the name because of the player not is off the field antics but Christian Pavon is a free agent next year. And yeah, I would love to bring in Christian Pavon to this earthquake team because he's just he's a stud, right? And last year we talked about him all here and it was just something that we need to go ahead and see but like like Alex Witzel, you know, Borussia Dortmund could help a team like this and he wouldn't be that expensive in my opinion. Uh Matias Vecino a player that plays for the Uruguayan national team, a normal starter could easily help this midfield out. Um, We just need to, again, put on our FIFA tinfoil hats and and go out and get one player, like a Luka Modric, all right? Come on, he doesn't care about L.A. He doesn't care about Miami. He just wants to live and play soccer. Let's go get Modric, all right?
1: no. My thing with that is the Bay Area is so expensive to live in, and I feel like if we are going to get a player, it's going to be someone more of a Hispanic descent Mm. Uh, so they can feel more at home. Otherwise, I see them going maybe somewhere like Chicago. So like a Diabala. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, right, right. Like
0: in Chicago, if you're a foreigner and you're looking at like, okay, oh, Chicago, I know that place. And then you go play for them and there's like yeah. 7,000 fans and you're like, oh, shit, maybe I chose them. Yeah. <laughs> my,
1: yeah, yeah. my other thing is though, it's like I watch these games and we just like aren't playing soccer. Like I mm. That's why I don't want to spend all our money on one guy. It's like I'd rather... Like, spend it on building some youth or, like building yeah. some things and like learn how to pass a little like I can't remember, FC Dallas, remember NFL, yeah. like, two games in a row or like I can't even really remember a game where we used our midfield mm. Mm. like all season I can't remember a single game where we used our midfield yeah, right? and it kills us all the time like that's why I kind of like the second half of this game because we kind of just put on like five forwards and three defenders and we said look defenders you just deal with the counterattack and then just send it long for the Fords, and now we outnumber them. And that kind of works for us, but it's like. It works for one game for 20 minutes. Right. And then even then we got scored on. So it's like, I want to play some soccer. And like, I get we're more of a counterattacking team when we fight. And that's why Remedi works so well. And that's why him and Jutsen paired so well. And like mm. Chofis, like, when he does get the ball, he has people behind him and he can create. But it's when you have like I mean, to your earlier point on Chase Salinas. His own words, when I came into the league, I couldn't use my left foot I didn't have a left foot how does a professional player say that like <laughs> and I still see him trying to cross with his left foot and it doesn't really like look like it's too much there like so it's uh, the league was I'm different
0: gonna... when he came in though right Completely right and even five years ago when fatayasha was starting for the San Jose earthquakes this league was just completely different um, mm-hmm. but yeah I mean I, I know we could all dream and, and ask for a DP to come in but the real the reality of it, where would you go ahead and get some quality into this lineup? I know you said you like the midfield. You like Rometty and Judson. Um, but where would you insert some quality? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, the, probably the starting lineup next year is going to be... If, let's say Chofis doesn't resign. Andy Rios, Carlos Fio, they don't resign. We're looking at the back line of Marcos... Uh, Marcos Lopez's contract's up, like a free transfer. So... I don't know if we're going <laughs> to re-sign him or that dude is gone, like, to a Europe on a free. So that's going to be another business where we fumbled hard again.
1: Yeah, if we lose Lopez, that's huge. And, and uh-huh. we probably
0: will. I mean, if I was him, dude, uh-huh. I'm I'm on the first plane to France. I'm on the first plane to Spain to play for Espanol. You know, like, that's the type of quality player he is because he's on Peruvian, the Peruvian national team shutting down Gabriel Jesus. So it's just like there's no reason why you should be playing in MLS, but I was hoping to get at least a $3 million transfer or a 4 million or something. Right. Um, but let's say we, let's say we don't re-sign Marcos Lopez. The starting lineup is going to look like Paul Marie on the left. Um, it's going to look Tanner Beeson and Nathan at the center backs. Um, on the right back, probably not going to re-sign Lucho Abacostas because that's a one year deal. Um, Who's on the right back, right? So it's like uh, that's a whole yeah. oh Tommy Thompson. I'm sorry, Tommy Thompson. He can be on the starting line. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah your boy. <laughs> um, um the goalie, we're looking at JT Marcinkowski, okay? And then for the midfield, I think still under contract, we have Eric Remetti, Judson, and Jackson Yule. Totally fine. I think if that if they play up to their potential, we should get a good solid outing from them game in, game in, game out.
1: Um on the left I think Chopies is resigning though. I think when you when you have a player that yeah. has a history a, of maybe a troubled past, mm. and he finds a coach that does some good for him, and like you can even see Chofe's at the beginning of season, and look at him now—he's lost probably like fifty-five pounds. Yeah, yeah, he he's <laughs> like, lost a lot of weight. And, yeah, it looks like he likes the coach, and the coach clearly likes him. So I could see him coming back. Uh, I, I got I got a tectonic take for you. Yeah. I got a hot take. I think. I think you start with free agency and you let the league know. I mean business, and his stock market value probably has plummeted a bit this past month mm. or so. But I think you go up to the league and you say, "Jackson you're on the table," oh, and shit. then you look, you look to replace some of these other spots. And you look to build some veteran depth, and I don't want a bunch of thirty-year-olds being signed. I want some twenty-something-year-olds mm. like say, like Ramadi, who've been in the league for a bit. You see they aren't going anywhere, but they're solid members of the league. Mm. And you get two or three people for Yule, Fierro, Rios. And, like, you lose four or five players, but you get three of quality and maybe some depth in some other positions. I think you just need to – I think there needs to be a – I mean, we got rid of Nick Lima, and everyone was like, it was the end of the world. We, mm. I mean, we still haven't really figured out the right-back situation, but it's not killing us. And I just, I feel like Yule, we could get a bit for that right now.
0: You think so? What, what, what would you – what, what? – because Jerbiabobusi came to us for one point two, right? So two years of gam, and that's something that's I think it was a transfer that was very cheap for us. But but what could you get for? I mean, a player like Jackson Yule right now? I don't think you can get more than that.
1: I, I think I think you fix up the back line. Mm-hmm. I think the midfield, if you have Jutsen and Romedi. They're gonna, those two are going to get yellow cards. So right. we have to find some, um, a third midfielder just to keep going in for them. I think Chofis is fine. I think our front line, even though we aren't scoring goals, is fine. We just need to play him. Espinoza has talent. Kikanovich, a star in the making, and we've seen during his few chances is taking advantage of it, just him more chances. Got a young kid named Haji who's only played like 15 minutes total, but has, in my opinion, been well. Develop him a little bit more. Mm. Cade Cal, even though I think he's regressed a little bit, star, we We got these things. I'm not worried about the front. The back line has shown promise, but we need to maybe clean up a little bit. And we show we have decent wing play. So maybe a veteran defender, kind of something that can lead the line a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe a center mid that can kind of knows how to hold up play and actually pass and move forward.
0: Yeah. I think Tanner Beeson has done a good job this year. Um, Being in the role that he wasn't expected to have. Um I think yeah, I think we're gonna have to draft a center back this year. Um we're gonna have to draft someone or pick up someone's option for a center back this year. Uh, cause right now we only have three. <laughs> so uh and if Alanis doesn't resign on a cheaper deal, I don't even think I yeah. I mean Alanis does a lot of things for the club. He does a lot of things for the exposure of the club. Um mm-hmm. if Matias Almeida stays and they offer you know uh Alanis, a cheaper deal of 200000 200, maybe he resigns. So it's not the end of the world, but he shouldn't be expected to start every game. Um, uh, what I would say is, uh, I think, I, I actually, my Teutonic take is, I think we should sell Espinoza. I think we should sell Espinosa. I think the, the ship has sailed on Espinosa. I think there will still be some good value for him this year. Uh, I think we could sell him to um, let Mexican Liga MX team for maybe $2 million. And I think that that would be something we could be very proud of. Um, but I, I don't think Espinosa does this team any good. I, I really don't. I think he doesn't bring enough to the game in and game out. And he I think he hogs up the ball a lot. I think he takes up a lot of minutes of kid cow. And I think he's just um, kind of a gridlock right now. He's not pro- producing at a DP level and we're paying him DP money. So maybe a, maybe let's say a Toluca or a Leon or a Monterey wants to come in and, and maybe we could offer like a, like a swap or something. But thinking back on um, kind of Monterey, if we would have signed Leyun this season, what type of season this would have been? Who knows, right? We, who knows? A player that's yeah, the highest I think, quality.
1: I, I think we've just experimented so much with these other players and we've had more misses than hits. Yeah. And realistically, yes, it would be nice to sign the Messies and the Ronaldos. Yeah. But it, I, I, I think we just need MLS proven guys. Yeah, right, right. I agree. But like in their 20s, not. These thirty-two-year-olds who are good for half the season, and then because we have to run them twice as hard as any other club has, right? Because of the that's true. Of our club, they're then gassed for the next two seasons.
0: Let me take a look so, at uh, Kellen Rowe. How old he is? Um, because that was a player that was on the free agency this year, and he is actually playing bonkers out in Seattle. Uh, but he's twenty-nine years old. Would you like a twenty-nine-year-old to come in the squad?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I could. That you're still, you still got two, three years. And I'm gonna throw out a name. Mm. He's a center. Actually, this is a uh, and this is a little bit of bias because like I'm friends with his uncle, <laughs> but uh, he's 19 years old. He is six foot one, pretty stocky, has some size to grow. He's a great center mid, but also has played center back for one of the top teams this year, uh, Josh Atencio, mm. Seattle Sounders. When they had all their injuries, he came in. And he's one of the few that didn't get shipped back to Tacoma after all the healthy players came back. Now, he he has been on the youth national team. He's played with the likes of Gio Reyna and all those boys growing up. He's great. He's big. Super solid center mid, actually churns and attacks with the ball, but also an actual center back if we need that. So I think that could be a great pickup trade deal. Maybe if we're looking to be like, hey, Jackson Newell for Josh Atencio. Wow. Maybe another young guy wow you maybe some you're memories. really
0: you're really ready to ship off jackson Ewell like like for a mop,
1: <laughs> yeah saying. i mean it's just, i i think i my ship has sailed with jackson really Ewell. really okay yeah. what is uh, it, it's i like him and i think he has promise and i think he's just going through a spell right now yeah
0: what okay what we if
1: we need to make a big decision what
0: if colorado offers you cole bassett form straight up you say yes and Cole Bassett,
1: seen what, Cole, if I'm going to be honest, I just haven't seen enough on Cole uh, okay,
0: okay. What's a player? okay. What's a player that you know in MLS that would, would be like, I'll take it in a heartbeat type of deal? Uh,
1: I mean, I don't want to say Josh because, like, he hasn't really proven himself yeah. yet. I just, like, I do know he is quality. Maybe, but, uh, maybe
0: like a player that people know. So, like, they can kind of see where you stand on Jackson Yule.
1: I mean, like, it... it The names that come to mind Mm. are players that just like if we offered Jackson Yule for him, they would laugh and hang up the phone. Like I think like the Roldans, I think like yeah, Roldan. A lot of Seattle, to be honest. (laughs) Like I think it's hard to find that like for like like even trade. Like I think we have to invest in someone where it looks like we're giving up a lot, but Um, we're getting something in return.
0: Orlando uh, Christian Pereira, uh, the Uruguayan, Mm -hmm. um, he plays their ten. That's someone I can probably see doing a like-for-like like, um, because yeah. he's a little yeah. older. He's one of their DPs, but Jackson Newell has a little bit of kind of, I guess, room to grow. Um, mm-hmm. Or I, I want to say like, um, shit, this, this is something – oh, excuse my language. This is something – I just got happy thinking about it. If the, if Toronto dis, does sign signing uh Alejandro Pesuelo would be someone that would be very juicy. I know he's a little older. He's 30 years old. But if we offered, you know, Jackson Yule and maybe some cash with that, maybe that's possible. Um, and that's a former yeah. MVP, or maybe even offer an Espinoza for him. Like, phew, mm-hmm. oh my god, what the option? Uh, also,
1: I want to make a quick point. Everyone that's listening right now and being like, "Why are they talking about next season?" We still have five games. No, and yeah, they're, they're, six points. Here, here's here's my point for you. We have a possible maximum. We can get fifteen more points if we win every game. That will put us at forty eight points. I believe teams 1 through 5 are already at 49 points, and the rest of them are like at 37 through 42. So not only would we have to win five games in a row, we would need three to four different teams to lose five games in a row. Yeah. So that's why we're talking about next season. Yeah.
0: No, well, it's more exciting. I mean, we we can talk about the trades. That's possible. But we can never know until this GM. If this GM is like an MLS-based GM, then maybe. Maybe we can get some quality in, in MLS or even like bringing in a guy like, uh, I know this is not possible cause he always, he loves Seattle. He'll never leave Seattle. it's was like a Freddie Montero. Like I would love a Freddie Montero to come in off the bench and, and a proven goal scorer in MLS just to come in and score goals. Um, or, or even like a Fafa Pico. I would love a Fafa Pico. And that's someone I can see probably trading a like for like for, for Jackson Ewell, um,
1: we keep, we keep naming these explosive, like, big-name talents that are Fords. <laughs> I, I just I, – I, I, like, I like our – I like our youth. I like mm. our youth right now. And I think we need to build around them, and I think Boba say is a part of that. And I think we just need to get some more veteran guys yeah. that have been around the block on big teams like Romady, and I think mm. that – but are also willing to fight and can hold down midfield a little bit more and play a little bit right. more. If we are to sign a winger, I don't want to sign a super like maybe fast, explosive, goal-scoring one because I just I don't think we're gonna feed him the balls. I want maybe one that holds up play a little bit more, builds for us. Like, but then I don't want to be like, oh, Almeida had this guy, Liga Meckes, blah blah blah. Yeah, I was blah, just gonna blah, say blah, you, you
0: you you yeah. gave me Carlos Viera basically by just yeah yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: so, it, so but or maybe someone in the back line. I just I I want us to be more secure in the back or in the middle, and we can hold up a little bit more so we can let the young talent up mm. top do them, let express their creativity, learn. Maybe we go some games where we're just not scoring and we're not creating great chances, but if you really sit down and look at these games with a soccer eye, and you look at Benji Kikonovic's runs, you look at Jeremy Abobese's hold-up plate, KKL at moments learning, mm. you just look at these young guys expressing themselves. If we can get that... Together, and like I know Quakes fans are like, oh, we need to do this now. It's realistically not happening. There's not a signing we're going to make that's going to make us MLS champions next year. Mm. So I think that's why we need to build a plan, and we have a good coach right now. So that's why we need to sit down and talk and have that three-year plan with him. Look at this explosive talent and be like, look, Let's solidify a midfield and backline of some veterans, not 30 year olds, that are by the time the young guys have developed, are too old to run, like Alanis or like Youngworth, where they were great at first, then their legs get tired. Right, right, right. Some like Ramady, who, yes, his legs are getting tired, but can keep going, and they have that stability, and then they teach the young guys, so they're excited. They learn that other guys have been around the block, and you build a good mix of a core, and then maybe we just make the playoffs yeah. before we even talk about MLS championship and we become a decent squad.
0: But I would really like, because what you explained to me is a guy who can hold up the ball and not be a speed winger, that's Espinosa. And it, it, to me, it was a little ineffective this year. Um, they kind of sought him out every single game. And I want this like O'Brien type of player, you know, from LA, FC Dallas or Fafa Pico where they just have an amazing pace and they just blow through guys, but then they shoot a shot that's like, Completely off target because to me, that's a little more exciting. If you get them to kind of cross the ball into a Jeremy Bobsey, which is a great proven goal scorer, so I I want that type of winger. I don't need that creative of a, of a winger because we have creative midfielders. I think I think if we keep Jackson Yule and we keep um, Eric Rometti, they can create the ball for those wingers, and they don't really have to be too creative. And if we keep trophies, then we don't really need a creative winger. We just need the pace that trophies doesn't give us, the pace that uh, Eric Ameddy and, and Jackson Yule don't have because they're winded, right? So in this system, mm. I think we need pace. I think we need more pace. And we need um, Nick Lemos, kind of that pacey guy for us, and we got rid of him, right? And Lu- Lucio Albuquerque is, is not that. Uh, Marcos Lopez is not that. Um, mm. So we need some sort of pace somewhere on this field. And and Jeremy Bobosi does have pace to him. Um, but we need someone like a Benji Kikanovic does have some pace to him. I think like we just K-Kal, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Kcal. We we just need speed demons out there. Like KKL's speed was working at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So we just
1: and then that's all he relied on, and people right. figured it out. <laughs> right.
0: Or or people stopped pressing so hard on us because they knew we had that over the top, and and he Cal yep. just didn't have a second plan. Um.
1: Well, and then we have. I mean, if we want that creativity, like I was talking about, we have Haji on the bench. Right. Who we just aren't using. He attacks. Players. That's someone I want people that attack defenders. He's not play, well. He's not
0: playing scared, right? He's not playing yeah. where if he loses the ball, he has to worry about tracking back like a Carlos Viera. Because it's obvious that he's thinking about that. He's he he doesn't play so creatively because he's worried about what he has to do to get back. So
1: yeah, and what what I meant more so for like the pace and the creativity is I don't want to buy another Cade Cal mm. where it's just a really fast guy. We're just gonna play over the top. Mm. Um. I don't necessarily need a guy who's super skillful. Like there's that. I agree. We have those guys in trophies mm-hmm. and Romady and you uh, at times. you will, <laughs> I want, but I want an actual midfield. Mm. Like I want to play through the middle. I want guys checking. I want them going into smart spaces. So you want to, I 10. don't want to have to. No, I think we have that in trophies. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm just talking like for like, if we're going to like invest in a winger, like if we're going to invest in one, like I would like one that like can check to the ball can kind of play it around like so there's a system there's not like a big gap there and we're looking to play him through on a counter attack mm. every time and I get that's our system and like they need to have that quality but there's times where we just don't have the counter and we try and build up and we just don't know how to do it yeah so that's why I was more concerned about defense and midfield but what about
0: um like a European type of player to come in what, what what type of player would you want that's like I guess like a like a European kind of like, we can say, okay, let's look at Felipe Coutinho. I know we're not going to get him, but, like, a player like him. What, what, do, you, what do you think?
1: I – if we're going to do it, I don't want a big-name guy mm. who's coming and looking at its MLS. I want, I want someone who's maybe, like, on a, like, Bournemouth. <laughs> like, mm. It's like – just, like, someone who's played at that high, high level and is experienced. But no one knows who his name is. Oh, that's hard so, to,
0: in the modern game, right?
1: Yeah. Well, well, uh, the casual or like the super fan. Yeah. Anyone below super fan want to know, mm-hmm. right? Just like a center mid, who is like at a decent team, like and decent, like maybe fighting promotion or that bottom half. Come over here, enjoy your time a little bit. Like, and I know more people are open to MLS. Like Ben Foster, the goalkeeper. Like, I mean, he played at Manchester United. Now he's yeah. at Watford. and He's older, but he's talking about wanting to make an MLS move. And like maybe there are those guys that are just like.
0: What about I like, know, a Koke, like I love England,
1: but just come over. Like mm-hmm. a coke
0: from Atlante, uh, Atletico Madrid.
1: Yeah, I mean even that. Like that's a bigger name. Yeah. Like I, I, I just want like, someone that goes about their business. Like, mm-hmm. like I would love a Gareth Barry or a James Milner. Yes, those are bigger names, but like yeah. the like B or C level of those. Yeah, like, like a lunch bell guy. Yeah. Guys? Yeah.
0: Like some, some guy that does their work, dirty work and, and, and fights every day for the crest. I've always
1: about their business and has yeah. played at a good level. yeah. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. What about, yeah, I guess I mean, we can always dream like a Fred. No, I'm like,
1: <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, no, I exactly know what you feel. Uh, I think this team does need, it needs a, I, I hate to say it, but it needs a captain too. I don't know what happened to Jackson. Yule. um, this team needs a captain, uh, switching from, I mean, Shea Salina is probably not going to be here next year. Um. Chris Wondolowski is probably not going to be here next year, and if you're saying that, you know, Jackson, you'll maybe they, they give up on him. He's not going to be here. They need a captain. Um, so I need. I think they need a guy in the midfield, like you're saying, to go ahead and and be that guy. Like an Alex Ring? Is that? Yeah, I guess an Alex Ring for all Austin FC type of deal, right? Like something like that. Um, comes in, becomes the you know becomes the the captain. They brought him, they sought out, got him, and he gave him the keys to the Ferrari and. I mean, they're not in the best place, but maybe next year they have the tools for success.
1: So, I, I think Shea going to stay. I think he said he wants to play another three years. I think mm. I read that somewhere. Mm. Wando is probably done, but he might try and finagle one more year. Yeah. But I, I think this is his last year. Uh, I, I think the, what's hard, and they really need to sit – this is what – I think this is the big thing they need to do. It's hard with to do it without getting a new coach mm. is – you have to make a big change without stirring the pot too much. Like you need to set an example with that. Like if this is like the line of no return, like you need to be right before it. Like that's how big of a change it needs to be to set a tone. But you also like you've built trust with these players. You've built an identity of these players. So you don't want to just be like, buy you by buy you buy you established players we're doing this, this, and this now. And then everyone's kind of looking around like you're losing and now you're shipping out." like, we don't trust you. We don't do mm. this, that, or the other. So that's why I'm kind of hesitant on the Yule thing, even though I just preached about it for 15 no,
0: minutes. No, but, but I understand <laughs> what you're talking about. And I think, I think Yule's not the guy that they're going to ax. I think it's going to be Espinoza. I really do. I really think it's someone that they feel like they can get, if they want to make huge changes, like big changes and in, in, in cause a ruckus, but keeping the, the coach, I think I think if you use Espinoza as an example of you're not you're not DP quality enough or you, I, I don't know, you don't word it like that but you say uh you know it's just not working out let's move you out to a, you know Liga Meki side or back to Argentina for a sizable fee and that's kind of like a new face like everybody in the locker room is going to be like oh snap they really just got rid of their highest you know paid player and 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 then the guys like Carlos Fierro and Rios they are not going to resign. So and those Vando Alene—they're not going to get resigned. So it's it's something that there's going to be a new facelift anyway. But if you go ahead and get rid of Espinoza or a Yule for a good fee—I mean, don't 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 sell them too low. Uh, maybe you can really really change this locker room.
1: I, yeah, I, I'm gonna this this kind of made me bring up. I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna change it up a little bit. Yeah. And then if you want to go back to transfers, we can. Uh, one thing I want to get rid of is the man-to-man press that mm-hmm. we do, like the, the religious man-to-man press where my right back becomes a left winger because he's following the guy. But also I, I have a concern about a player for next season, mm. and this is going to blow a lot of people's minds. And I think you're going to be shocked that I'm going to say this, especially because he's one of my favorite players. I'm worried about Nathan. Mm. If there, it's either something about MLS or the way that we press or the, something about our team, our guys look gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Nathan when he came into the season looked very very fit. Like I mean he was still working on his fitness so like but like at least could run. There's been two or three games like and I like I love going to the home games. So like I I am going to be sad when the season ends cuz like it's just a great time to hang out with friends. Yeah. But it's like I'll see him make a run or do something and like he'll be on his knees after making a tackle and he'll just kind of like sit there for another like 10 seconds just being like
0: <sighs> Yeah, really. Right.
1: Like, so I'm worried about his leg. I mean, he's a big guy. Like we, like I'm, I'm telling myself, we don't recover like these five, five players. So it's, I'm worried about him in a year or two and he's not too young either. I, did we already use him up too much in half a season? So like that's another concern I have.
0: Yeah. Um, what I was going to say is Alanis' last comment in his press conference, he took like two questions, but what he wanted, what he really said was we're running so much. We're tired. And I was like, dang, like, you left on that? You know, like, that was the last comment <laughs> you said? It, like, so, yeah, yeah, I think, I don't, I liked when he was in the five in the back, but it was just, like, one ones, one zeros, zero zeros, so it was like, like, Matias Almeida, I don't know, uh, this is, this is our love-hate relationship with Matias Almeida, and, and, yeah. and at the end of the day, I think he's the coach for us because uh, without him, we're not anything. I mean, I hate to say it. Yep. No, no marketing, wow. no buzz, no nothing. And and, yep. and that's going to be, if we lose Matias Almeida, that's our first ticket exit to having this team move to Las Vegas. You know, like,
1: right? And so I don't think any other coach is going to want to come in and like, oh, he couldn't do it. Right. Like the guy. Right, right, right. Exactly. Shipwrecks. Like, right. Um, and I think this goes back to my earlier point of that September to August run where it's just like, they worked that hard and then you look at it and you're just like, I just did all of that yeah. for this. Right. So I, I think maybe a little more squad rotation or yeah. just finding better ways to rest players or maybe a better off season program. Like mm. not and like part of me wants to be like, Oh, just get as fit as possible. But like they're realistically, they're professional players. They're fit. It's maybe finding better recoveries, mm. finding and our schedule, it can be rough. Traveling is much worse than Europe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what anyone says, if you look at a map of the MLS, it's like the worst Champions League fixture you could imagine right. every week. Right. Look, look at the like, yeah. Look
0: at the Premier League, right? So they literally yeah, yeah. Britain's so small compared to the whole United States.
1: I mean, California alone, like, right? Right. like but uh, yeah, it's we look tired. I can, I can, and like the way we play, Yeah, I can see why. That's why I think we need to change up the system a little bit too. On defense, the man, like, I, I think our defensive strategy and our offensive strategy at its core, just don't go together. Yeah. Our defensive strategy is run them down, man to man, do this and that. But then our offensive strategy is counter, be explosive. Right. You can't sprint for 90 minutes. Right. 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 I think if we went to a more zonal where and a lot more defensive, maybe more like that 20 I want to say 2015 2016 Atletico Madrid mm. that went to that Champions League final. I mean they lost a, I mean the one of the greatest teams of all time that Real Madrid three-peat team. But and it conserves a little more energy. You hold down the middle and you just shove everyone to the side. I think that would save a lot of energy. And it wouldn't have to be as much pressing, especially for players like uh, Judson and Romady. And if it does come in the area, they'll be rested mm. and not as tired and they could just go. And then we could play our explosive counterattack. Mm. And if we're playing players like Benji, Cade Cal, if he's on form, if we still have Espinosa and you have Chofis dishing out to them. Those four are very creative and actually make smart runs. So it's not just play a long ball over the top. You can actually make something out of that.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, I think Matias Almeida himself has realized that the man-marking system, in for some reason in MLS is the schedule, the jam-packed schedule, or the travel. It just, it's just not working out. And I think he kind of realized that with the five in the back, but but I think he might tweak it a little more when he comes in next year because it's just like we, we as fans, we can see that it, it just doesn't work. I mean, it's just like the scheduling for one, the travel for two, and then COVID for three, I mean, that was another reason why, right? And uh, it just seems like it's its going to be something completely different next year. But, Saz, do you have any final kind of, to wrap this up, any final words you want to say?
1: No, I think we went into it. I think what we just said about that, I think the 2 there's three things that if we're going to keep the team that need to be changed. We need to learn how to, either like a mental side, how to get into games better yeah. or how to focus a little bit longer or maybe how to come back from things. Uh, two, a big change in culture. Almeida needs to set the tempo without losing the locker room, yeah. which is a very hard task to change up who you are a little bit, but also keep the respect. And then, I mean, I mean, I, I don't even remember three anymore. That's how much pain this team's caused me. So I just, I think those, are, <laughs> oh, I, I would like some more preseason games. No, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That,
0: no.
1: that aren't Oakland roots that was or big thing. lower league teams yeah. where we go – where we half ass it and then it's a 3 3, and then, or maybe we'll score like six goals. are like, oh, we're sick. And then we play Seattle first of week and we're like, oh, we suck. Yeah, right,
0: like, right, right. The quality of the preseason needs to be a little better. But I remember in the beginning of the year, they were saying that was the problem of COVID, right? Some of the teams um, didn't want to play with us or we didn't want to travel enough. Yeah, it's such a weird world we were in a year ago, right? So, and it's still. Well, the- I,
1: I would just like to play four games yeah. before the season just to, like, Figure out if the system we planned during the, because you can plan as much as you want. But then actually playing it could be a different question. Right. So I would just like a couple more games to figure out a system.
0: <laughs> well, uh, the the Texas team did a like Texas Cup, and we could easily do that with the California teams, like all of the California teams. So all the second division, yeah, Oakland, San
1: Francisco. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah.
0: And even with uh, we could do that with the Galaxy in the you know in the, and uh, every well every preseason we used to play against the Galaxy in Las Vegas, but last yeah. preseason we didn't do it so. Um,
1: well all and all these teams care about is money either. I'm sure the smaller teams would love that and that would bring big crowds and right. when you come to a smaller team, especially if you go to San Francisco, I'm sure they'll hike up those prices for an LA Galaxy game. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine the Quakes and the, the Galaxy playing in SF. That would never happen. Yeah, or like, imagine. Yeah, but, or like
1: even LA Galaxy two, like just yeah.
0: Right. All right. Well that wraps it up from us. Um, I, I wanna thank you, Saz, for your time and thank you for yeah, coming on for last minute. Um, and yeah. hopefully we have some more to talk about the rest of the season, but, um, if not, we'll go ahead and keep doing it until next season too. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, thanks guys for watching and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to Saz on Instagram, on the Aftershock SJ as well as look at his articles on his website and give him a follow on Twitter at the official Saz. Um, and then if you can go ahead and, uh, support us on Patreon. Uh, we have a whole bunch of fun things coming out, so please go ahead and, uh, feel free to support us. And that's it from us. So
1: all I have to say is go quakes. Mama <laughs>